Good morning, everyone. <laughs> As Tashina said, she said, we are at 365 days of this year. Imagine 365 days of breathing on your own, of seeing, of smelling, of tasting, of touching, of being able to think, of thinking. Be consistent with my verb, thinking. That is what God has afforded us to do this year. Think about when we had a little common cold, like Laverne and, and, and Ruth, who have the cold. Laverne was sick the other day, Ruth, who is sick today. Think about how they feel. Maybe Melanie also is having the same problem, not being able to breathe properly because she's not well. Not sure what her sickness is. Imagine how difficult it is to breathe. And when you realize that you are able to breathe without that obstruction, think about the freedom. And so this morning, I just want us to stop and pray for Melanie, for Ruth, and for Lucy this morning. All three of them are not well today. We want to ask the Lord, the healing God, to just to come and be with them. So, Father, we present your three daughters before you. You have you said to me before, unless I am not well, unless I have experienced illnesses or illness or a sickness, I will never truly understand what it is to have you as my healer. And so today, Father, your daughters are not well. And they need to know the God who heals to this morning. So, Father, will you stretch forth your hand? Will you, Holy Spirit, bring the healing virtue of Christ to their physical body this morning? So we declare in the name of Jesus that Lucy, that Melanie, that Ruth, they are healed this morning. We declare over their bodies this morning and we speak to their cells, we speak to their organs, we speak to their, their ear, nose and throat. We speak, Father God, to everything that could go wrong, their stomach, everything that could go wrong, the intestines, everything that could go wrong. We speak the healing virtue of Christ this morning and we say be healed in Jesus' name. Father, you took many stripes so that they can be healed. And we have access to your healing power today. So we appropriate your healing touch this morning in the name of Jesus over their bodies. So we say be healed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This morning, I have the privilege of journeying with you. I like to Tashina, the started the journey and she she took us and she caused us to stop and to remember and she asked you to reflect and she asked you what is it that you want to give God thanks for as you reflect on your journey over 365 days to be completed tonight at midnight for NLH that is what I sense the Lord was saying to us he wants us to look backwards so that we can go forward because the journey continues. And so the topic of my message today is the journey continues. Look back to go forward. 
look back to go forward. Or you can say looking backwards to going forward. My text this morning, will I, will I'm so glad it's Joshua 7 and 8, all of chapters 7 and 8. But I will be condensing it and I will just be picking points from it. But I would love for you to read at your convenience. The, the, the idea behind today's sermon is that it, I sense God calling us to reflect on the sermon that were preached from January 1 of this year until last week. And as we reflect, it is, it is my hope that we will gain insights to help us discern God's guidance. And, and in discerning, you and I will be, be, will be made better able, will make better decisions in, more, in, in a more informed way or an informed manner. What I'm saying is that as we stop and reflect and stop and look and stop and observe and examine what God has been saying from the first day of the year to now, we get an under, but we are able to to gain insight that would help us to discern God's guidance and help us to make better decisions in a more informed way. So this morning, as we reflect on the sermons, I sense that God is saying to us, "I need to guide you tomorrow." And so I need you to hear and to remember what I have been saying. If you are like me, I can't drive without a GPS. Once I'm going into an unknown area, I have no desire to know it, where I'm going. I just say if the GPS can get me there, I'll depend on the GPS. You may not be like me. You may be someone who wants to figure things out. And if the GPS says left, you say, no, but I think I should be able to go right. I am not like that. If the GPS says left, go around in a circle three times, I will be going around in that circle three times. That's my nature. Because I have so much confidence in the GPS. And I know that if I, make the, if I misunderstood what the GPS says, and I turn the first left as opposed to the second left, I know the GPS is designed to reroute and to get me onto that same avenue. How much more, God? And so this morning, it is important that we hear what God has been saying or that we stop and reflect on what God has been saying because we need to get to where he, he wants to take us. We need to get to that promised land. We need to, to get to that place where we can receive our inheritance. We need to be able to claim our blessings. We need to be able to grow spiritually, but we can only do that when we hear and respond in the appropriate way. So on January 1, our first message was Joshua 1, 1 to 9. And from Joshua 1, 1 to 9, we sensed we were about to undergo a transition or what we, we call on January 1, our crossing over moment. From verse 2, we sense that the time has come, the scripture said, for you to cross over and to take possession of your inheritance. The Israelites were being instructed to cross the Jordan River, even though the banks were overflowing. 
in order to claim the promised land. And what we see that God didn't wait for the, for the, for the water to dry down before he took them over. He was taking them over in the least likely moment. He was taking them over in the moment when they would have feared the most. He was taking them over in the moment that he said, you have to trust me to go over. You cannot do this on your own. Crossing over symbolizes a transition from one state, one place, one phase, or another. It was, it was a call to make a necessary and deliberate act and a purposeful choice, even in the face of the journey's daunting and intimidating nature. The transition was designed to disrupt their familiar routines. It was to challenge their self-reliance and need for control. And that's the same thing God had intended to do when he told us in January 1, to cross over. For some of us, crossing over resulted in our experiencing shattered dreams, unfulfilled aspiration, because there is something you feel that if God said this, this is what he's going to do. So if God says to me, go, it meant I remembered when in 2010 or 2009, when I sensed God say to me, Pack your two check-on suitcases and one carry-on and give away everything else and leave Jamaica and go to New York. Two weeks notice I got. I felt that because God was telling me then to leave my company and to go to New York, I felt that God had something better than what I was coming from. Little did I know that what God was doing was spiritual. He was taking me to New York to sit because he was teaching me reliance on him. So some of us in January, if you look back and you, 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 you heard God say something to you, you expected an outcome. You had this hope that this is what it's going to look like. You had this dream that God was going to take me into this situation or into this place or this inheritance and blessing that, that, that would match my expectations. But the outcomes sometimes do not align with our expected results because God's ways are never our ways. And God knows what you and I need more than what you and I think we need. Transition for some of us forced us to shift from a comfortable lifestyle to one that is God-focused and purposed. It pushes us or pushes an individual to be introspective and to wholeheartedly embrace and follow God's guidance. In the context of the Israelites, they were transitioning from a, from a, from the, from a 40 year journey in the wilderness. And they were being called to enter and to take possession of their inheritance, which is the promised land. In our context as a church, we were called to move forward. I remember sensing God say to me, I need you to start a home church. God was calling us to move forward to overcome the challenges and the obstacles in the past and to step into purpose so that we were able to embrace the next chapter of our journey. As I said to you before, it would have been a 
hybrid model where we will be both on Zoom, but we would also have house models, churches being rolled out from the homes. Member or members and visitors would have also undergone physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, and financial transitions to grow in intimacy with God, to claim God's blessing for their lives, to be positioned to serve and to maximize their potential. Notice what I've just said. God will bring us through those crossing over those transitional moments to grow us in intimacy. God will take you from Jamaica and move you to New York, not because he had a better job, but because he wants to grow, you to grow closer to him. God will move you from one place to the next, from one job to the next, because he wants to position you to serve, because he wants to maximize your potential. He wants to develop your gift rather than give you more money. And most times we think that once God moves us from one place to the next, it's because he has more money. Or if you, if, if, if you're, if you don't have children, he's going to give you a family or a spouse, or he's going to do something that in our mind is tangible that we can touch and feel something that would move us from one place to the next. But over this year, I have learned that when God transitioned us, it sometimes has nothing to do with finances. It sometimes means the spiritual. And in some situations, it, 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 it varies from persons to persons based on what God wants to accomplish. For some of our members in NLH, there was a physical transition because there are persons who had to move, adapt to a new environment because they had to physically move. For some, they had to change their lifestyle the way they ate because, because sickness of illnesses, they had to change the way they ate. For some, it had to do with a new job. You had to change a job for the better or for the worse. Maybe a job that paid more or a job that paid less, but it was a change. Emotionally, some of us had to alter our perspective. We had to see things differently. We had to realize that we can no longer think the thoughts we think. We have to now be able to think the way God thinks. We have to reprioritize our goals and our aspirations. What was more important? We had to learn to be adaptable in situations. We had to learn to be resilient. During October and November, we learned from the book of James that trials are opportunities for pure joy. Because the testing of our faith produces perseverance and perseverance must finish its work for us to become mature, complete, and lack nothing. Spiritually, some of us transitioned. We had to adopt new spiritual practices because we realized that the way we used to pray our 15-minute devotion just wasn't cutting it anymore. We had that urge, that yearning, that drawing for more of God. And we realized we had to start fasting more. We had to start praying more. We changed the practices. We incorporated solitude and silence. We started to do more because we, we felt that desire and that need and that yearning for more of God. Some of us had to learn to trust. God would call us to step out because for me, God called me to step out into the unknown. He called me to, to take on 
um, uh, um, bills that I was not accustomed to, 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 to carrying. And watching how I'm responding in the midst of it. For some of us, he called us to obey and to depend on him as he led us in this unfamiliar pathway. Financially, some of us had to learn total wholehearted reliance on God because our income was insufficient. We had to learn how to, 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 to balance a $20 income with a $50 expense. And in the midst of it, not, not worrying, not, 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 not being overly anxious because we have learned over time, over the days, over the weeks and the months within the year to trust God. Some of us, relationally, we had to transition. We either form new bonds or we had to break some of the bonds that we had. From Joshua 3 verses 1 to 5, we learned that the pathway to the promised land was an unfamiliar pathway never traveled before. Though the Israelites may have sent out, you saw Moses in number 13 and Joshua in, in, in Joshua 2, sending spies to scout the land, the journey that they were about to take through the Jordan River with banks overflowing was an unfamiliar pathway they have never journeyed before. So yes, they have been to Canaan. Yes, they saw that the, 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 the grapes and so were so big. They saw that. They saw giants in the land. They saw all of that. But the pathway they were going to take, they have never traveled before. For some of us, the pathway God took us on this year, we may have been familiar with moving. We may have been familiar with not having sometimes. But this pathway, this, this journey this year was unfamiliar altogether. The strategy that God would have given us was different. NLH have never had a hybrid model of church before. And so we moved out to, 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 to achieve or to, to do what we sense God was calling us to do. We did not have the resources we needed to, to, to accomplish what God called us to do. However, God's strategy for NLH was faith. Faith was our currency this year. We were being urged to obey God and move out from our positions of comfort, from what was familiar, from the familiar ways in which we did things, from our reliance on self, and what we were supposed to keep our sight on God. Allowing God to become the focus of everything we did. It was a new, it, a pathway, it was an unfamiliar pathway that we have never journeyed before. We were being urged to rely on God rather than on old strategies or the strategies of others. We know every church that is going to start up. Church start up with, with resources. Church start, move out First, having some money, and then they move to rent a building, whether a hotel, ballroom, or wherever, and that's where they start. That was not what God was saying to us. God was saying to us, move into a home where you now begin to have monthly payments. And he did not tell us where the monthly payments is going to come from. Move into a home that need refurbishing, and he says, trust me. 
And so God brought people from different places. Persons came to from traveled from overseas to come and give a two week or one week. Someone felt like the Lord said, I'm to go and do some work. And they came. Someone came and they did some sanding one day. Someone came and they, they just were just there to encourage. God did this, this, the strategy of God in this season was different than one we have ever had before. It was an unfamiliar pathway that we have never traveled before. God was saying to us, normally, the strategy is to launch a church having the resources, but I've called you to do it otherwise. We were urged to consecrate ourselves because transition, transitioning is also a spiritual there's a spiritual aspect to our transitioning. Transitioning spiritually involves being refined and tested and molded, all of which ultimately strengthen our character. God was doing a character work in the midst of us this year. We were being built up in ways we did not know. We were being tested in ways that we did not know. We were being molded and formed in ways we did not know, but God was at work, working within us. We were urged to anticipate the great wonders of God and not to limit him. Because when we expect God to do things our way, we have limited our God. We were urged to, 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 to seek God and to find him. And through even the books at the mansion of the heart, we were able to see the different mansions. We were able to see and to identify where we were spiritually. Our series, What Kind of Person Is This? was designed to help us develop deeper faith in God and to lovingly serve others. Through the book of James, James says to us, trials must come. That's what we learned this year, spiritually, as we transitioned. Trials are going to come. They are inevitable. They are part of the journey. You cannot grow in spiritually unless you have trials to face. Those of us who, 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 who go to the gym know that there's no way you can go and lift one pound weight every day for a year. You will not develop any muscle. You have to push beyond what is normal. You may start at one, but you have to, within two weeks, you have to move up to five and to 10 and to 15. And before you know it, you're pumping 25 pound weights. That's the only way those muscles will grow and develop and become stronger. Trials is what we need. Trials are the weights that we pump in the gym. And God said, I have to, I love you, but I have to send you trials. I remembered when my son was small and he was very fascinated with using a fork and putting it in the fire. I don't know what was about, what about that fascinated him so much. And I would, when every time I catch him, I would stop him. And so he never got an opportunity for the fire to, be, to, to, to pass through the fork. And one day I said, you know what, I'm going to leave him. And I watched him and he had it there in the fire. And at the, fire, the, the fork got hot and it burnt him. He, 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 he let go of this, the fork. And I can I tell you the last time he did it. 
God knows the process to take us through. He knows the way that you and I will take and must take to grow. He knows it. And so from January of January 1 until now, he has been taking us through processes. And sometimes we are crying out. We are crying out, it's too hot. But he says, I cannot deliver you until you learn the lesson that I want you to learn. I, he, he can't always step in and intervene. He cannot always step in and stop the process because he says it is through trials that you learn joy. It is when your faith is tested that you understand what it is to persevere and perseverance must finish its work for you to be mature, complete and lack nothing. Imagine if I kept stopping my child. He would never understand the danger of playing with the fire. If I kept walking around with my child on my hip, and not allowing him to walk and fall down with every step to develop the muscle. I would have a cripple until now walking on my side. And God is saying to us, my daughters, my son, it's not that I have not seen you, it's not that I have not heard your cry, but I have, allow, I have to allow you to go through the trials so that you will become mature and complete and lack nothing. From Joshua 3, 9 to 13, God assured, of, assured us of his presence. And in verse 10, Joshua said to the people, today you will know for sure that the living God is among you. The signs to identify God's presence in our lives were given to us. We learn from this text that we have to cooperate with God more and more. We have to trust him and rid ourselves of the endurances that keep us from being faithful, holy, and loving. We learn that in order to identify that God is with us, we have to be obedient. In essence, we are recognizing that when God is with us, we are obedient. We are driven by love and not by obligation. When God is with us, we find that the traits in us that are contrary to the, to the characteristics of Christ, God will put us through a situation to dislodge them. So if we have anger, if we find that we, we have jealousy or we, 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 we tend to, to, to be impartial or we, we struggle with unforgiveness or we tend to be controlling and judgmental, God will always put us through a situation to dislodge those tendencies and traits from us. When God is with us, our hearts change. We become more compassionate. We become more humble. We become more faithful and kind and patient and gentle and loving. Actually, the measure of our love would be determined by the measure of those we love the least. And I have had situations where I am grappling and grappling with things and grappling with, with things done or said. And the Lord is saying to me, if you love if you are able to show love, you are able, you, it, it is evident that I am with you and that, is I, that I am the one guiding and leading you. When God is with us, love 
becomes an overflow of our heart. It's not an effort. When God is with us, unity and not disunity become apparent. So if you find that you have the tendency to be this, to, to, to be, be separate, separated, check it. God may say, be saying to you, I am not totally with you. You have not totally embraced me. When God is with us, we face the trials, the pain, the hardship, and we see them as opportunities for growth. When God is with us, we lose the taste of sin. And for some of us, we may not lie, but we deceive. For some of us, there are things that we do. You know, we know we walk in that gray area. It's not black and white because we can find ourselves lodging that gray area. God is saying, when I am with you, where I am your focus, you lose the taste for sin, no matter the size of the sin. I remembered many years ago, the Lord gave me an analogy of sin. And he said, he said to me, he, 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 said, he, said, he said, he's like a chicken. If you grew up in a country or you grew up having chicken in, in, in your homes, you'll see that the chicken will go. And as you scrape the rice grain or food particles from your plate, the chicken will go and it will pick at those particles from the surface. But after he has covered the surface, covered the earth, and there's no loose particles, what he'll do, he'll move his beak from side to side. And what he's doing is going after the particles that are trampled and covered. And after that, what he'll do, he keep, keeps moving. The chicken just keeps moving side to side and side because he's breaking the ground to go after the worm. And the Lord said to me then, he said, I am going after the worm because all of us know the big sin, the fornication, the adultery, the, the blatant lying, the stealing. We know all of those and we try not to do them. And But we also know about the deception. And God said, I'm going after the worm, the thing that you have lived with, the thing that seems normal, the thoughts which we learned from James. James says, you're, 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 you're speaking negatively is not only what you verbally say, but it's the thoughts that you think. Those are the worms that God was going, God, God has been going after this, this year. When our attitude toward God's work changes, God says, when you understand my purpose for choosing you, then you demonstrate that my that i am with you when you when you recognize that you you want to willingly serve god you are not driven by compulsion or you're not doing it as 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 as, 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 as giving you know sometimes we tend to do this as 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 if we're saying we're doing it for as a favor god said no when you grasp the concept that what you do for me speaks and demonstrate that I am with you the way you serve others, the way you serve me, him, God, not me, Ava, him, God, and even me, Ava, and how I serve you, demonstrate that God is with us. We heard this from Tashina over and over and over, that when we come to worship, we do not come to receive, we come to glorify our God. God says, when I'm with you, when you come into my presence, you bring praise. 
an offering, offerings of praise over and over and over because you understand the need to worship so that I am God is glorified. From Joshua 4, chapters 4, 5, and 6, we observe that as soon as we transitioned our crossover, we were going to turn a corner. A corner is a critical moment and a place of transitioning designed to slow an individual down. Some of us were moving full speed ahead. We were doing things our way and we were just going. And God so happened to put something in our way to slow us down. He caused us to make a life turn, a life change, a transition. Life looks different around a corner. I remember when I was sharing on this, I told us to look at going up to going what as, as going towards you were turned. Was it what was I what was the analogy I gave? Can someone remember? Does someone remember? Where we were saying we are going around the bend. Spur tree. Spur tree. We're going spur tree or we're going towards you were turned. Are we going around that bend where we can't see around the corner? And we said it could possibly be a disabled vehicle be around the corner. It could possibly be a car, an accident around the corner. So you have to enter, you have to approach the corner with caution, slower than how you would have driven on a straight road. So sometimes God brings us to that place. We recognize that God was bringing us to that place, to that corner where we had to slow down because life looks different. Visibility is not as clear around a corner as it is on a straight road. And so we had to learn to be attentive this year. We had to learn to be patient. We had to learn to be faithful. We had to have the right attitude. We had to be obedient. We had to be humble. Because God was taking us around a corner that we did not know what was around the corner. It was at this time of going around the corner that God reaffirmed this covenant with the, with the Israelites and what he did, he reaffirmed this covenant with us. And from this, we, we learned and we, the, the series, through the series, the covenant, the commandment and the spirit, we observed that God's new covenant with humanity is based on two immutable facts, the unbreakable promise of God and the oath of God. We learn that God makes, when God makes a promise to man, he does not change it. We learned about the conditional covenant and the unconditional covenant. And we learned that the, co the conditional covenant was based on both persons meeting the agreement. You doing your part, God doing his part. But we also learned that God made unconditional covenants with us where it was upon his blood, it was upon his life that the covenant was ratified. And so we see Jesus dying so that you and I today can sit here and be forgiven. Every time God makes a covenant with an individual, it is a move to restore humanity and to, and, and to restore divine relationship. We moved from covenant and we, we started to look at discipleship because we realized that God made a covenant with us for a reason. He wanted us to go and to disciple the nations. 
God ordained and spiritual mandate was to bless the world through Abraham and his seed, Jesus Christ. And those of us who are, who are reconciled have the same mandate to further or to continue the mission of Jesus. And in Acts 1 verse 8, we saw God calling through Jesus speaking and, and saying to, to the disciples, go ye into the world and make disciples. We hear him telling them to go to their Judea, their Jerusalem, their Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And so this morning, as I, as I, as I reflect upon what God has been saying to us through the year, we realize that God has called us to more. This year, this year starting tomorrow, 2024, it is our hope and desire at NLH that we launch our first hybrid model in our sixth anniversary. We are believing God that we will have the house church in tandem with our Zoom platform running concurrently, both of them operating together as one. We conducted a, an informal survey one Sunday morning and during, during our Sunday service and to, just to decipher what was the spiritual preparation we needed at the church. And as I received the results, we realized that persons needed development. The characteristic that needed to develop was humility, faithfulness, kindness, peace, gentleness and goodness and during the month of february to april members had the assignment to teach on the fruit of the spirit in september we examined the enemies of our heart that hindered our spiritual growth and we observed that the world the flesh and the devil were the enemies that appeared as jealousy pride offense anger and lack of self-control. And those, again, were taught by members within the, within the, 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 the NLH, NLH group. We learned that the secret to successfully crossing over or transitioning is having God's presence. Joshua was told to meditate on the scriptures day and night, to carefully obey be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. That was the guaranteed success. And we learned it at NLH that the only way we were going to be successful is that we had to have God's presence with us. We had to meditate on the scriptures day and night. And so what we started to do on a Wednesday night, we started having Bible study where we started to be more introspective. We started to have an inductive Bible study where we wanted to learn and questions were asked for persons to respond because we wanted to ensure that what was being taught on a Sunday was reinforced in the week. We didn't just want to just do another, another Bible study and to study another topic. Yes, it makes it more interesting, but what's the use of each Sunday? What was taught wasn't cemented. Because we realized that it was important that we meditated on the scriptures day and night. So where do we go from here? 
There's a song that came to my mind this, this morning. Actually, someone shared it with me. And I felt it was so appropriate to share it. And at this point, I want us to just to listen to this song and pay attention to the words if the words are on the screen. And hear this song writer say to us through it all. Hear the songwriter say to us that through it all, through the 364 days that are already completed and the one to be done, through it all, we have learned to trust in Jesus. Go ahead, please. Thank you.
through it all. Through all that we have been through from January 1 until now, I hope that you have learned to depend upon his word. If you didn't have the problem, you would know that he could solve them. If you did not have to, to, to go through the times of lack and sickness and, and relational issue and emotional challenges, you would never have known that he could solve them. And so where do we go from here? In Joshua 7, we saw the Israelites violated God's instructions because Achan, they stole some of the things that God had commanded Israel to set apart unto him. And in verse 4, we see where the same men, the men of Ai, that they went up, 3,000 3, of the men, were, they, 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 they defeated Israel and killed 36 of their men. Joshua cried out to the Lord. He went before the Lord and he, 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 he tore, their, tore their clothes, the scripture tells us, and he cries out before they tore their clothing in this man and they threw, their, threw dust on their heads and they bowed their face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord. But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? And that is what maybe the Lord is saying to you this morning. Get up. Get up. You're disappointed. Life didn't go the way you wanted to go for 2023. You felt that 2023 was a terrible year. Your expectations were unmet. The outcome that you expected, you did not get the desired results. And God is saying to you this morning, get up. Get up. Get up from where you are. You, Israel has seen you Possibly may not have carried out the entire command of God, possibly. Or it could be that he's growing you. He wants you to grow in an area, because I know the areas in which he wants me to grow. I know the challenges I'm going through now. And God is saying to me, get up. Get up may not only mean physical. Get up may mean spiritually. Get up. You have been dormant. You have been in that comatose state for too long. Get up. You have been living in that place of mistrust and distrust for too long. Get up. And what God did, God reaffirmed his command to Joshua in Joshua 8 verse 1, as he did in the beginning of Joshua 1. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God is saying to us this morning, I am going to give you the strategy to regain victory so that you can receive your inheritance. God is saying to us this morning, reflect. Reflect on 2023. Where did you go wrong? In what ways could you have trusted him some more? In what way you did everything that you should have done, yet he still allowed the trials to come. Because he may be saying, I am desiring closer intimacy with you. I love when you come to me. Because if I don't have, you don't have a trial, maybe you don't go. Maybe we only go when we have a problem. Or we go very often because we have a problem. And God could be saying to, to us, I have allowed these things 
because I, I, I desire more of your time. I desire more of you. I want to spend time with you. I love hearing you speak to me. But it could also mean that God is saying to us, maybe you need to learn from your mistake. Maybe there's something you did and he's saying reflect on the consequences of your sin and the broader implications of community responsibility and accountability. Could it be that God is saying to us that last year or 2023, you didn't accomplish what you desired because there was sin in the camp and someone's sin affected the entire community? Don't know. But as you, you and I move forward today, let us be careful to follow God's strategy for the battle. Let us trust him. Because that again is a strategy of, of, of every battle that you and I will ever find ourselves in. Trusting God. Depending upon God. Be patient while we are waiting. I remember a couple of years ago, Karen preached a message, the weight of the weight. The W-E-I-G-H-T of the W-A-I-T. There is a weight while you're waiting. Maybe he's saying to you, I want you to now take an offensive posture where you are constantly allowing the enemy to take a fight to you by causing you to be tempted because there is a desire in you that need to go. Maybe the Lord is saying to you, take an offensive post posture against sin. Adhere to God's divine guidance. James 4 tells us, he says, submit to God, resist the enemy, and what happens? The enemy flees. That, that in itself is a strategy. In verses, in verses eight, in, in, verse, in chapter, in Joshua eight, verses one to two, God says, take all your fighting men and attack AI. For I have given you the king of AI, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you destroy Jericho and its king. But, notice the big but. But cause you to stop and pause. Something is happening. But this time you may keep the plunder. Because in the last situation with Jericho, he says to them, the things, the, the things are devoted to him. This time he's saying, you may keep the plunder. So God is saying, I, I, I do not want to withhold things from you. All I want to teach you is to trust me and obey me. Do you realize that? Why would he have given them AI, the, the, the plunder from AI, not given them the plunder from Jericho? It could be because some were defiled, yes. But it could be just God teaching us obedience. The Lord again said to Joshua in verse 18, point the spear in your hand towards AI, for I will hand the town over to you. The strategies of God varies from person to person, from situation to situation. And we cannot apply old strategies to a new situation. We need to know what God is saying. And sometimes we find ourselves feeling defeated, discouraged, feeling as if God is not speaking, God is not answering. You know what God said to me this morning? I said to him, actually yesterday morning, I said to him, you know my needs. Why are you taking so long? to supply them and you know he said to me he said when you're ready to receive them i'll give them clearly i'm not ready what could he be saying you think i'm not ready because i'm not dressed for it 
I'm not ready because maybe I'm not trusting him the way I, I should. Maybe I'm not relying on him this way. Maybe I'm still filled with pride. Maybe I'm not humble the way I should. Maybe I still have a tendency to be self-reliant. And he's saying to me, Ava, it's not because I lack. It's not because I can't or I won't. It's because you are not ready. So could it be that God is waiting on you as opposed to you are waiting on God? Because I have to ask myself that same question. Could it be that God is waiting on me? Because I have, I have, I have fallen back into that place of, of, of comfort. And I'm doing things my way. And he's saying, no, I, I, I can't bless you in that comfortable place. It's not good for you. You will, you will think that is a place to remain. So he allows things to come our way. God remains true to his promise of victory. Despite our previous setbacks in life. God remained true to his promise of victory despite our previous setback. The moment that you and I align ourselves with God's will and where he becomes the focus, watch, things change. Once God's will is accomplished, he does what he wants to do. The Lord brought my attention yesterday to the lifestyle of Jesus. When Jesus was going from one place to the next, I don't remember where he was going. And they needed to pay the tax. And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar. What did he do? He sent his disciple to catch a fish. And in the mouth of the fish was a coin. And then God said to me, do you realize that Jesus wasn't walking around with a money bag? A wallet or a billfold or whatever you call it that men walk around with then. There was no need to because he trusted his father to provide his needs. He trusted his father to be there to provide what he needed. He never had to worry, oh, I need to, I do, I need to run to ATM machine. I wonder if I need, I need, I need my card. I can't go on the road with my, without my card. Or I need to do this because I have, if I don't do it, who is going to do it for me? Because we, we say that. We are independent people, especially, especially those of us who are immigrants. We think we need to work harder. Because we came out of Jamaica not for, to, to remain poor. We all need to work harder. I have been looking for side also. And every side hustle I hear about, I hear God say no. Because I know what side hustle will do to me. Side hustle will make me independent. And I'm not at the place yet. For, for, to, to, clearly, I'm not at the place yet. And it's not that God won't give me or can't give me. But ever so often, he keeps us in that place where we depend on him. Because he's saying intimacy comes by me being the one you want to be intimate with. Not your account, not the person. And I've realized in my life that everything that God gives me are the things that I can, that I will never put before him. And clearly the thing that I'll put before him, he withholds. I'm not ready for it. Could that be your case? But as we journey into 2024, God wants to renew his covenant with us. He wants to give us a fresh start. And he was, and he's saying to us, do not be afraid, Tash. Karen, don't be afraid. And Richard, Ruth, Laverne, Tamar, Wade, Winsome, Jordan, Onika, Melanie, Ava. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. All that I have promised you, I can give you. All of my promises for you, for you to inherit. I will still have them in store for you. 
I'm just waiting for you to get to the place to receive them. Again, another analogy the Lord gave me. Imagine going into the bathroom and turning on your, your shower and the water is running, but you're standing outside of the bath, outside of the shower. How would you benefit from it? You can't. And so God is saying to us, for you to benefit from the blessings and the, and the inheritance that I have for you, you have to come closer. Maybe you're already under the shower and you're standing and he's saying, I am teaching you a little patient. I just want you to wait a little longer. I am teaching you that I'm not a genie, that you don't rub my belly. And I just respond. I'm teaching you that I am God. I remember someone said to me the other day that God came to earth to be a man. So that we can understand, but yet we are trying to be God because we want to be self-reliant. And God does not operate in isolation. He still operates within the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yet you and I want to operate. Let me say me. I want to operate in isolation. And God is saying no. I'm building community. So as we, as we prepare to enter 2024, Please remember the words of the Lord to you this morning. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He remains true to his promise. He never breaks a promise. Because whatever he promises, he will do. Maybe it's a conditional covenant that you need to do your part. Maybe it's unconditional because Jesus did it. But whatever it is, my sisters and my brother, I pray that as we enter into 2024, we enter knowing the one we are entering with is faithful. The one we are entering with is faithful. This song says, what a, what a faithful God have I. What a faithful God. What a faithful God have I. He is faithful in every way. He doesn't change. He does not change. AI is ours. AI is ours. He said, he said it to him. He said, AI is yours. All the plunder belongs to you. The livestock, the plunder, they are yours. Set an ambush behind the town because they are yours. So as we go forward this year, let us ask the Lord and seek the Lord for the strategies. Let us be obedient. Let us trust him. Let us recognize that trials are going to come. They are going to come. They are going to come. Do not be discouraged when they come. They must come. Jesus needed suffering to grow in wisdom. Imagine God needed to suffer, to grow, how much more you and I. So my sisters and my brothers, thank you for listening. So Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you that you caused us to reflect upon what you have said during, during the year. And as we prepare to enter 2024, Father, we cannot leave what was said to us in 2023. We have to take the advice and live for it to become a lifestyle. Father, we thank you. We bless you, Father God, for choosing us today to reflect upon your word and to hear your word to us this morning. The journey continues.
the journey continues. It's not like you're saying that we're at a dead end. We're not at the end of a, we're not at a close. We're not at a dead end. The journey continues. So there is a pathway to take a journey. There is an unfamiliar pathway that we will experience next year. But Lord, I thank you that though it is unfamiliar to us, it is not unfamiliar to you. And so Father, as a church, we say to you, Lord, through it all, through all that 2023 brought, you have taught us to trust in you and to depend upon your word. And so Father, as we enter into 2024, we do the same. We trust in you. We obey you. We desire you because, Lord, the success comes in being in your presence and allowing your presence and you to guide us. Father, may we not go ahead of you as we have the tendency to do, but may we walk in sync with you, Father, and allow you to lead. He said to Joshua, he said, when, tell the people when they see the Ark of the Covenant and the priest carrying it, move out, move out behind him, but remember, Keep a distance. Don't go before. So keep a distance so that you can see and follow. And so, Father, this morning we say to you, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the storms you brought us through. Because if we never had a problem, God, we didn't know that you are the healer. We could know that you are the provider. We would know that you are able to provide security. We would know that you are able to provide shelter. We would know that you are a refuge, God, in our storms, God, if you if we never had this situation. But no, Lord, we know more about you by experience, not because we have read about it, but because we have experienced you. So we give you thanks, Father, and we look forward to another year with you. Another year being guided by you, another year, Father God, of you leading us step by step. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.